You see, when you and I have the peace that we are doing God's will, we can go through anything. And that is just one moment from today's Peace and Power Bible Talk with Dr. Jim Coleman. Welcome. Somewhere deep within, each of us desires an inner flow of peace and power that transforms our daily attitudes, relationships, and life decisions. The Bible, God's message, teaches us to live in that flow. Remember, the outline of today's talk is available in the show notes, and the full transcript is posted on our website at peaceandpowerpodcast.com. That's peaceandpowerpodcast.com. Now let's listen for God's guidance in today's Bible talk. Experienced drivers have learned to expect the unexpected movement of the driver in front of them. Golfers expect their ball will sometimes land in unexpected places, requiring a difficult shot they didn't expect to take. Emergency room doctors train to treat unexpected combinations of injuries. Now, just as each of these situations require expecting the unexpected, Each of us should expect the unexpected in our spiritual life. You and I should expect God to be at work in our lives in unexpected ways. This is what Mary and Joseph experienced with the birth of Jesus. They expected that someday God would send the Messiah, but didn't expect God to use them in God's plan. We need to learn how to expect God's unexpected guidance in our lives. No one could have ever expected what happened to Mary and Joseph. A Messiah was expected by the Jewish people. A Messiah, which means anointed one in Hebrew, who would rescue them politically and spiritually and rule as God's king. Yes, he was expected. But who except God would have invited poor peasants like Mary and Joseph into the greatest birth story of all time? And what does this teach you and me about expecting God's unexpected in our lives? Hear now the story as it unfolds in Matthew chapter 1 and verses 18 through 25. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. 
first truth we see in this story is that it teaches you and me that an unexpected act of God can transform our future. Verse 18 in Matthew chapter 1 reveals God's unexpected, mighty, and miraculous act in this engaged couple's life. It reads, This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. So the course of Mary and Joseph's lives were changed because God was at work. Transforming futures is God's business. You remember the stories of the Old Testament. Moses' life changed because God was at work in making him a leader. Deborah's life changed because God was at work making her a military commander. The course of Paul's life changed from persecuting Christ followers to being a persecuted Christ follower. God is in the transforming futures business. Now, unlike Mary and Joseph, God will not call you or me to be the mother or the guardian father of the Messiah. But make no mistake, God is at work in your life, acting around you and for you and within you. God has in mind transforming your future. You need to claim Philippians 1, 6. And I am certain that God who began a good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. You may not yet know what good work God has begun in you, because part of it will be unexpected. But you should expect that God is transforming the course of your life and your relationships. You know, there is a hidden scene between verses 18 and 19. It's the heated conversation where Mary breaks the news to Joseph that she is pregnant. We don't have it in the Bible, but can you imagine the emotional tidal wave between them? Mary's fear, Joseph's shock, Mary's explanation, Joseph's anger, Mary's self-defense, Joseph's resentment, Mary's insistence, Joseph's doubt, Mary's bewilderment, Joseph's disappointment. We see in verse 19 that Joseph is in a very difficult position. He is a godly man who will follow the Jewish law, but he also loves Mary. How can he do what's right according to God's law and do what's right for the one whom he loves? Verse 19 describes it well. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. Joseph finds only one best option, the option of mercy. Mary cannot be his wife, so he will end their legal engagement, which requires, by the way at this point, a divorce. But he will spare her a legal judgment. He chooses mercy. It's really easy to judge a stranger, isn't it? But what if someone you love is in need of mercy instead of judgment? You can probably tell someone where you stand on an issue, but when you look into the eyes of a person dealing with that issue, hurting and broken from the issue, if you have any compassion at all, 
you temper what may be a correct judgment with mercy. We can and should keep our moral standards. Absolutely. But we can also respond in mercy. Jesus found a way, like none of us easily can, to do both. And here, Jesus' earthly father, Joseph, is a man of both moral conviction and of mercy. You may not really yet know at this moment who or when it will be, but you can expect that someday someone will need mercy from you, and God will soften your heart and help you to know how to maintain your convictions and how to offer, extend mercy. God honored Joseph's heart of mercy. Joseph couldn't believe Mary's explanation, so God graciously sent him another messenger, an angel, to give the explanation. Verse 20, As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. The angel gives Joseph a word of peace, and this will give Joseph the needed confidence to stay with Mary and commit to God's will. You see, when you and I have the peace that we are doing God's will, we can go through anything. Part of the peace in this angelic message is that God hasn't mistakenly chosen Joseph. He is a son of David. He is in David's royal line, the line into which the Messiah must be born. He has been chosen, and Mary has been chosen, and now that he knows that, he can have the confidence in following God's will. Not very long ago, I prayed with someone who had just been diagnosed with cancer, and she said this, I have peace that God is with me, so I will just take one step at a time through my treatment. God's peace gave her the confidence to go on. And God may give you peace when you least expect it. So why not expect that God will bring you peace at the moment you most need it? Joseph is also reassured that he must become Mary's husband because he, Joseph, will name Jesus. This is the duty belonging to the Father. Verse 21. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Remember earlier when we noted that Israel was expecting a Messiah to come and rescue them? Israel expected the Messiah to come and judge their enemy oppressors, their enemies' ungodliness, their enemies' many sins. They didn't expect a Savior who would also focus on their sins. Israel's sins. But that's what the angel said. He will save his people from their sins. You know, this verse is read quite frequently at Christmas time, but it's often lost in the sweetness of the newborn baby in the manger. And that's a beautiful baby. But about 33 years later, he's going to face something very ugly. We easily forget that the Messiah came to die to die for our sins, our rebellion against God, our estrangement from a relationship with our Creator. This is why He's a Savior. 
because he goes to the cross where he saves us from the penalty and the power of sin. And that's what makes Christmas so special. God sent a Savior for us. He will save his people. And John 3.16 says, save anyone who puts their trust in him. Then Matthew uses the phrase to fulfill, one of his favorite phrases, because he wants to convince his readers that Jesus fulfills all of the Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah. Verses 22 and 23 read, All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Verse 23 is a quotation from the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 7:14. And Isaiah had a particular context he wrote these words about, but there is no question of how Matthew is interpreting Isaiah's prophecy. Matthew is convinced these words pointed to a future day of the virgin birth of the Messiah, which the angel, of course, just described. Matthew is linking, is actually matching the message of the angel to Joseph with the words of Isaiah. And when the church stands and we recite the Apostles' Creed together, that great creed of the centuries that Christians have over and over affirmed, and we declare the phrase, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. When the church stands and affirms those words, it affirms this miracle, the miracle of the virgin birth. Now we clearly see that the angel did not instruct Joseph to name the child Emmanuel, meaning God is with us, but to name him Jesus, which means God saves. Yet, Matthew's reminding his readers that Jesus' birth does fulfill the meaning of Emmanuel. God is with us in Jesus, in the Incarnation in the most dramatic and special way that God can be with us. God the Father has come to be with us as God the Son. One of the most exciting statements I ever heard a new Christ follower make is, I never thought I could be so close to God. The unexpected nearness of God had entered her life just as it entered Mary in Joseph's life, just as it entered the shores of Galilee and the streets of Capernaum, just as it enters your life. And that is through Jesus. Verses 24 and 25 reveal that this unexpected call for commitment on Mary and Joseph's life increased their faith. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. So Joseph named him Jesus. Joseph took action. He acted by faith. He not only believed what the angel said to him, he followed the command of the angel. He acted by doing what the angel commanded and also by not doing something not being physically intimate with Mary. To act on faith is to do and to not do whatever faith requires. 
Remember, Mary's faith-filled answer to the angel's call on her life in Luke one thirty-eight was this, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And the amazing dynamic is that when we act on our faith, action increases our faith, just as Joseph and Mary experienced. So, this miraculous and beautiful story of Jesus' birth reminds you and me that God is at work in our lives. In Joseph and Mary's experience, we saw that an unexpected Messiah would change the world. An unexpected act of God would transform their future. An unexpected choice of mercy would soften Joseph's heart. An unexpected word of peace brought confidence. An unexpected Savior reveals our sin. An unexpected call for commitment increases our faith. You should expect that God may call you to do something you did not expect. You should expect that God will guide you to places you did not expect to go and to people you did not expect to meet. You should expect that God will train you with skills you did not expect to learn. You should expect to be blessed in unexpected ways, like Mary and Joseph. You should be expecting the unexpected. Thank you for listening to the Peace and Power podcast, and we invite you to subscribe to hear the next upcoming Bible talk. Again, our website is peaceandpowerpodcast.com, and our prayer is that God's Word has brought you a greater sense of a supernatural flow of God's peace and power in your life.